Thank you so much for um, letting me ask you some questions uh, for my radio show. It's a, it's a personal honour, I should say. I should mention that without blowing too much smoke up your ass, Because, you know, nobody needs a smoky bum. Everyone um, likes a smoky bum from time to time. Nobody needs a smoky bum bottom. No, no. <laughs> but um, I guess one of the first things I was going to ask you is like, Reading um, a lot about you and you're doing all my research, pretending to be like a professional journalist. Um, mm. You've just done so much stuff, like so much stuff. And it just seems to me like, you know, is that what kind of makes you get up in the morning? Because it's like, there's kind of, it feels like there's just so much of, a, um, of your life is quite challenging. And it feels like there's a bit of a turnaround. And I was just wondering, what is that what gets you up in the morning, just creating a brand new day and working out what you're going to do that day as opposed to just being a drummer in a band? Well, um, I love to be creative, yeah. But what gets me up in the morning, Scanner, are my young children that need to be driven to school. <laughs> back from. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a 10-month-old kid, so I don't know exactly how you feel. Oh, you're in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh a boy, girl, what do you got? I've got a 10-month-old girl called Lev Lila, and it's life-changing. So that, yeah, that's what gets me up in the morning, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. <laughs> I got nothing to complain about compared to that. I remember those days, but in the early ones, the months, it's the mom they need, you know, more than that's the dad. Right. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. That's fantastic. Good for you. Thank you. you first. First, yeah. Yes. Wow. Everything completely changes. I mean, I mean, I was kind of prepared for that because every person I told me said, you know, everything completely changes. And it is because it's a full time thing, you know, and just in terms of having time to do, you know, lots of different things, you, you know, the baby comes first. So yeah. it's 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 interesting. So I find myself being very much more succinct with my time. It's like I have two hours here. I'm going to yeah. use those two hours really, you know, like I prepared for this interview on Friday because I was going away for the weekend and I knew I was not going to get a moment's rest and there's no internet in the house. So that, you know, yeah. um, so you can't, I'm a bit more organized. I'm pretty organized anyway. I'm a yeah. bit weird like that. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's good. Well then, then you're ahead of the game as far as uh, with children, you gotta be or there's, there's, they gotta have, you know, it's a whole, um, it's a whole system and it's a whole, you know, there's, there's structure and time and, and, and that maybe us more free-flowing musicians kind of are not really used to. So yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. But good for you. I'm 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 glad. It sounds like you finally got there in the end. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and, uh... oh, back to your question. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, I just I just love music so much and love playing so much, and I always have since a young little man at seven years old playing the drums just because I love it. And I loved music and, um, you know, I did sport and other things growing up, but I always loved, loved music and drumming. And um, so, you know, tomorrow I'm going to be 61 years old. Wow. Congratulations. Wow. 60 years, 61 years, like young, because you still look very fresh, very fresh. <laughs> it's a lifestyle, right? <laughs> It is. I think uh, the rock and roll thing keeps you young. But, you know, I was telling somebody the other night we had a little party and, and it's like I wear the same clothes and I still do what I've always been doing. And, you know, and, and then I look in the mirror and I'm like, who's the old fucking guy in the mirror? <laughs> what happened? In the <laughs> but I don't feel that. <laughs> so it's crazy. 
but I'm grateful and and I get to do what I love to do and and have been so what a what a what a gift that is but just yeah I just you know I love um you know obviously the red hot chili peppers we've been I've been doing that for you know 34 years or whatever it is yeah. now. So I love that but you know we don't work all the time right now we we're, we're working quite a bit we got a couple records and stuff and that's great and touring and we're so grateful for that but I have um I have a friend, especially recently in the last six, seven years, his name is Andrew Watt, and he's a producer and a musician, and he's my really, really good friend, and he works all the time, and he does everything from pop stuff to rock stuff to all kind of all over the map. He's just a lover of music, and um, he's quite in demand these days, and I happen to be his favorite drummer, so whenever <laughs> someone to play, I'm you there. Get in there. Yeah. yeah, it's really fun because it's different things. It's not being in a band, as you know, like being in a band is that's different than being outside and a, sort of a side man or, or part of a different project and where you want to try to make it the best for that person or those people that that, that um, you're working with and kind of put on a different a different hat, so to speak. But um yeah, I just need that. I need that creativity. I, I need the Those challenges. Yeah want to grow and get better and and um when i work with other people i take that back to my my group and 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 makes it you know keeps it fresh for that um yeah because just, i guess i guess the worst thing you can you can be as a musician and I, I remember this one time i when we first started touring we were touring like nine months of the year and i came back and i was sitting having dinner with all my friends that i hadn't seen them in a while and I realized that I had no conversation, conversational skills apart from talking about music. And at mm. that moment I thought, I gotta do other stuff, mm. right? Yeah, I think it's important. Some people stay in their lane and they work with their guys and that's what they do and, and, that, and they like that. And there's no, as you know, there's no right or wrong. It's just what works for you. Yeah, yeah. Now, I feel like it's important for me uh, to, to always be be you know doing new things or different things and challenging myself and and that's how you grow as an artist and, and a musician and, and I got so much to learn and I just but I again if I didn't love it as much as I did because I have a family and kids and sometimes my wife is like why are you taking all these side projects because <laughs> <laughs> it's taking off what are you or, doing or, or it's Elton John or you know. <laughs> They want me to play. What do you want? Come on, play. You know. So um, the doing the records and stuff—that's a little bit easier because I'm in town and I come home. But the traveling sometimes. Um, I did a Eddie Vedder, the singer from Pearl Jam. I did a record yeah. last year and wrote songs and, and play with him. And I've known him for for a long time, thirty years. And so just to be able to do that with him was really fun. I think the side things there's there's less pressure too because it's not. Not that we have pressure is the right word, but like um, expectation or you can kind of do anything you want. You feel a little bit freer because it's 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 not your main, you know, gig, so to speak. Um, that I like, too. So um, and I guess I guess there's, there's kind of more freedom as well. You know, like I find that when I I love I DJ tech, though. And I love doing like, I have a little studio here. I make kind of electronic stuff and whatever. Great. And I feel it's so against the grain of Skunk and Nancy. It's, there's a freedom in that 
because yeah. it's like, yeah, there's, there's the rock band is a rock band is a rock band is a rock band. But, you know, if you're going to kind of sing on a techno record or do some, something like that, it's completely alien <laughs> to, to and you could, and in some ways that's quite freeing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It, the, the, when you step out of your main thing that you, I mean, not to say that, that you don't obviously love that. And that's, that that's, you know, I, I do love, believe me, Red Hot Chili Peppers, I love, and I have, all of us have, um, we can do anything. And, and that's one of the beauties of our group is we can make any kind of music that we want. It's they we're not in a box when it comes to the sort of stylistic thing, but, um, it's very rewarding, but yeah, going outside, you know, going outside your thing, that's the reason to do it. Like I, yeah. I'm not going to do another chili pepper kind of thing outside of the chili pepper. I got that. Let's yeah. do you know, like with you. <laughs> like, I rock thing. I want to do, you know, electronic music or techno and, or John, our, our guitar player does the same thing. He makes all these wild electronic records and um, it's great. It's just such a great outlet to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. What was young Chad like? What kind of characteristics did young Chad have, or younger Chad have, younger, um, to kind of help you kind of navigate the music business? Because I think that, you know, when we start off, we have this dream of that we're going to do this, we're going to be in a band, we're going to rock hard, we're going to go around the world. And actually, you know, I always say to people, yeah, I get up early all the time because I'm in a rock band, you know, because we have to do so much stuff early. This idea that we're just like out all night being crazy. It's like, yeah, the, the first part of your career is like that. But after a while, you can't keep doing that because you can't survive, you know, you can't stay yeah. in your rock band and survive. No. So what kind of things do you think like, you know, maybe Chad had that helped, helped him get to this point? question wow you did your research homework so <laughs> you asked a tough question sorry darling sorry it's the british in me <laughs> oh, it's awful. no yeah. no you're right no, I'm, no, in no. A band. I'm in a band so i know all those hey, questions no, that everybody else great. i love you know, i much prefer you know? this than to a journalist who's written a question so 1989 you did the yeah um it, you know i think that that um wow yeah the you know I, 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 to what you said, when you're young, you feel kind of bulletproof. You can do whatever you want and stay up all night and do maybe things that aren't so necessarily good for good you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did it all. <laughs> and it's, and that's, that's the beauty of youth. Yeah. In that. And you can play six nights a week, all night, you know. And, and uh, um, I think all that, I think it's important to have that. Um, at an earlier age. So I grew up outside of Detroit, Michigan. And when I got out of high school, I knew I wanted to play music. I knew I wanted to be a professional musician. I wasn't going to go to college. I want to start playing right away. And I joined a band and, and, and we, we played the Detroit at that time. It had a really good club circuit. There was probably yeah. seven clubs. And I don't know if it's like that anymore because I've been gone for a long time, but Obviously, Detroit, a historical music place, a great place for music. Uh, Absolutely. They're the home of te techno, actually, as well. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Home of techno right. industrial. Yeah. Techno, not, not house, techno. Not Chicago house, techno. That's the home of techno. They were all those guys who were listening to like old, kind of like, um, you know, Tour de France and kind of the European music. And then they invented this whole thing because of the Detroit being, you know, 
car yeah. city you know yeah. they, they invented techno so you got a rock scene you got a techno scene that's just the first in the world it was so, it, yeah it was great that i mean i knew about it but i was that was you know i was 18 and i, I was i was ready to play rock and roll and stinky bars when and walking around on my bare feet with this with the beer soaked you know bars and out all night six nights a week I would play two, maybe three sets with these bands, some cover songs, some um, of our own music. And I did that, um, you know, and at the time I was like, I thought it was just the greatest thing ever. I'm like, I'm successful. Yeah. I'm a professional musician. I'm playing. I was making $160 a week. <laughs> but money. You, yeah, but that it really didn't matter that much at that point. But um, I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is, this is amazing. And I loved it. Um, and, and, but I did that uh, pretty consistently for like six or seven years and all that time putting in all that playing in different situations and, and different level of bands of, 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 you know, popular or not, it didn't really matter. I just loved playing and wanted to play with everybody. And um it wasn't like I had to, I, I wanted to, but, but mm. playing all that much really prepared me for, you know, they talk about like 10,000 hours and, and the, the, oh, the, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was my, those playing those Your training. Yeah. Was, was yeah. Full on training and get my hours in and how to play in front of people and getting along with your, your band members and, and everything that goes with that. Um, so when that I moved to California in 1988 and I, um, you know, there was a lucky opportunity that happened and you know somebody and I auditioned for the Chili Peppers. They were already going, but they needed a drummer. And I was prepared when the opportunity came. Um, and and so that, as far as a young Chad, like that was, I'm so fortunate and grateful that I had that opportunity. Whereas now things, everybody wants things like right now. And yeah. I, 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 I don't want to, Put the work in. Put the work no in. Yeah, it's so funny. No I, I, I was, I always say to, because sometimes I work with kids, and I will say, you know what? There's no fast way to being a good musician, especially a drummer, because mm. the drummer's got to hold it down for everybody else. And you know, the, there are no good drummers who've been playing for two years. They might be have a lot of potential, but it takes yep. ten years to really get that Thank solid you. foot and get the wrist and get that groove. You know, because first you've got to be technically good, and then you've got to have the emotion, which is where the good jumping coming comes from, right? Right, absolutely, a hundred percent. Everything you just said is exactly right. You you have to have that experience. You could be technically, you know, have it, but it it if you don't, you know, the soul and the heart and everything that comes from playing and having, you know, different situations that you can that you are familiar with that when because everything always comes up playing. In something, what doesn't matter what level you're at, you have to be able to be flexible and and again, all those things are are, are just you can't be um, yeah they, they they have to happen to you in order to really you can read about it or somebody can tell you about it, not the same it has to happen to you. Your stuff has to break in your middle of the gig. You're, oh fuck! Ah, what do I do? <laughs> From the bad to the good to. You know, they, all those things, it's, yeah. it's important. And like, just, I mean, um, I mean, you have Mark and he's amazing. And, and as you know, um, I, 
I think that the band is only as good as its drummer. I may be a Absolutely. little biased, but yeah. there's great bands with good drummers. Great drummer, great band. Great band, good drummer, I don't know about that. Any, yeah. any, and this is rock and roll, you know, most of them talking about, but like once in a while you'll get a teenager, a John Bonham who was 19 when he recorded the first Led Zeppelin album, amazing doing all of his stuff he had his sound together obviously had good songs and jimmy page producing but Mm. like that's rare to come out of the box and you're like a a a fully realized i mean he still grew grew and progressed as a a musician but like at a and it's a teenager he had it was pretty phenomenal and then i mean think about it there, there are no other john bonhams you know there's just that one you know, is yeah. Jason Bonham is incredible, incredible, but there's no other John John Bonhams, you know. No, no. So often, often yeah, where it is, you know, often imitated but never, never replicated, and and yeah. to this day, so he's special. Obviously, you're gonna have those yeah. special musicians and a Tony Williams, a drummer at 17, playing with Miles Davis, also incredibly like, you know, he was just like one of those guys, like oh my god, he sounds like. You know, he's a, a 50 year old, you know, guy that's been doing it forever. Once in a while you get those. But for the most part, it just have... takes that grilling, that grilling. Yeah. yeah. And that and that young Chad is is that's, you know, that was important for me. And and um, but again, to go back to it, I, I just loved it. I just wanted to do it. It wasn't mm. like a, I it's fun. I did have to. I had to do it because that's the only thing I could do. <laughs> I'm a troublemaker, you know, and it's right. It was like, that was my thing. And I, but, but, I was going to ask you talking about that, you know, it's kind of like all the drummers I know are, I, I mean, I don't, I use the term loosely, but you know, fucking crazy. Like, it's like, what is it about drummers that, you know, I was thinking about this. I've had this conversation with Mark a few times. Like, you know, I know you're holding the band together. There's all that pressure of roots of the band, you know. And I think it's also got to do a little bit of the 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 who and all these bands, you know, the stories. It was always the drummer that mm. was the one that was the root of all the craziness that was going on in the band. Do you think that it's just because that's the story that history likes to tell? You know, your drummer's got to be crazy, otherwise you're not cool. Or do you think there's some characteristics in, you know, getting behind a drum kit and going, bah, 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 you know, and have it, you know, there's something, and also being ambidextrous, you know, uh, is a major part of it. Is there something about that that makes drummers actually just think in a different way? Because I know you guys are like a bit of a secret kind of clique, right? You know, you all know each other. It's like a secret club of drummers around the world. Really yeah, do. and you support each other, really. It's, unlike music, it doesn't happen to say with singers or guitarists. No, there's this right. thing about drummers that you all you're all there for each other. Yeah, and you're all crazy. <laughs> I mean, I use that loosely, you know. <clears throat> yeah, there's a twofold, you know, observation there. I mean, uh, I don't think you have to be crazy to be a drummer, or you know, to that term I use loosely. Yeah, you know, well, you know, maybe not the most politically correct way I'm saying that, but your audience should yeah, get yeah. it. You know, you know what you I'm know, trying to say. Uh, strong personalities. <laughs> You know, strong personalities yes yeah, let's go for that um, uh you know he's probably the most the most you know infamous as far as like you know the crazy uh drummer rock drummer you know uh that 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 kind of thing is is um 
people obviously associate him with with that. Um, you know, it was partly the time, um, and but his purse that was him and his personality, and you heard that through his drumming. Keith was not going to be Charlie Watts. He's not just going to keep time and little Phil here and there. And around, you know? That's Charlie. God bless him. You know, and and the really good drummers, they they their personality comes out through their instrument when it when it's just you know that's who they are. And um, there's a lot obviously in rock and roll. There's a lot of energy and a, 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 that that needs to go into that. It's a very physical instrument. Um, do you have to be you know part athlete and 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 um, you know but but also it, I think that 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 not being in rock and roll like the drums are not a, a necessarily a melodic instrument you know you, you keep time and it, it's and your, your arrangement and your all the things that you said you you, you know you're the heart of the band you're, you're like you're making it all feel good and making people dance and move and that's really important but you know that sometimes it, it makes it more difficult to have a real sound like you can tell it's, that's Jimi Hendrix that Eddie Van Halen, that's yeah. You know, melodic instruments, drums, it's like John Bonham had a very specific sound and style. Yeah. Incredible. A drummer like Stuart Copeland for the police as well. When he comes on, you I'm like, I know who that is. I don't I my eyes closed. It goes high hats, yeah. <laughs> hats his sound, his style, the mm. feel, Keith Moon, Phil Collins as well. Again, mm. you that comes on, you know who that is, and yeah. that's and and that's a kind of a hard thing to to achieve, I think, in in rock music, and and so you have to kind of hone and and figure out what's my thing, you know, my power player. Do I play clean? Is it is it my sound? Um, and and obviously, it's all depends on what music you're playing to. So yeah. life is really funny. She's like. She's not like a musician or anything, and she'll play her stuff and and, and other stuff besides the Chili Peppers. I mean, she'll she'll be like, oh, oh, that is that you playing? Like, I'm like, yeah. And she'll be like, I'm like, how do you know that? She's like, I could just tell. I could tell because of the air between. I was like, whoa, (laughs) really? The air between the notes, power, (laughs) and then like, there's this air. That like it, that you know, and I was like, "Wow, I'll take See, that. That's pretty yeah, good." You, you anyway. married well. You married well. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like to blow smoke. Believe me, she, she's oh, like, you, where's, where's, where's me you smoke get enough there? of that. When you go out and play your shows. When you come home, you know, take out the garbage and clean up the dog shit, and you, Mr. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But once in a while, you know, I'll play something for her. But so, if you can get your thing as a drummer whatever that is and and um that's that's really that's that's pretty amazing you know i think Mm. when it happened yeah it does you know in england the first record that we knew was of course blood sex shoot magic um, and, you know, for my research, when you and, and also just because I've known your band for years, and so you, you we heard that record. Oh, this is their first record. It's their fourth record. What else have they done? You go back and then you you know do the second album with um, George Clinton. I was like, uh, oh wow, George Clinton. This is a album with George Clinton. But it feels yeah. to me that when you joined, there became a when you compare the early albums, there's like solidity 
and the rhythm and the groove that they've had ever since. You know, it's kind of like almost like they finally found the roots of the band. The sound got its its final resting place in terms of, okay, now we're there. Now we have the ground. You know, so for me, it's like a quicksand or concrete. Before that, they were a bit on quicksand and then they got to this album. You got to this album, suddenly you're standing on concrete, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a nice analogy. Yeah, Yeah, I think there's a combination of things. I think um uh that the band was kind of finding their way a little bit early on yeah experimenting of course young band they were 20 whatever years old you don't get that now four albums you you don't get that you get one if you're lucky one and done if you don't yeah it's it's bankers if if you don't make the money or whatever you're you're off you're off which is terrible because bands like us wouldn't be around maybe we would just break up because it's like oh well we don't have we don't have a deal or whatever um, yeah, you know, you two and 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 REM and great bands that 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 needed that development time. Three albums, yeah. And you're right. It's 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 a shame that 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 doesn't happen. Who knows what we're missing out on? But um, yeah, I think that the band um, did the the they went through some different members. Um, they had different guitar players and they had different drummers in the first three records. That was part of it, and I think that they were kind of. Tr- trying to figure it out a little bit. And be, and I think the band once in 1989, John and, and, and Frusciante, our guitar player, he was 18 at the time. He joined the yeah. group. I joined the group. We make a, a, a record called Mother's Milk yeah, and, right, yeah. in, in, in 89. And then I think that was the beginning of like, Oh, this, this, this is a, this is a thing. This is a good thing we got going now. Okay, is, that, this- is that Michael Beinhorn producing? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Michael did that record, and um, you know we we played on that and toured on that, and and times changed a little bit. You know, skin. It was like by the time Blood Sugar came out in '91, we had we had toured together and and we wrote all those songs together. Anthony started to sing more, and John was feeling more comfortable as a songwriter, guitar player. Mm. He was maturing. It, it was just kind of this 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 you know we're just coming together. Um, and then we got Rick Rubin to produce that record, and Rick was 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 amazing, and um, he I think helped make it sound like the Chili Peppers. Like this is the sound up to that point. I think on record, you know, it was one of those things. Where, oh, you should see him live; they're amazing. And you listen to the records, and they're like, you know, that's yeah. okay. But at Blood Sugar, it really sound that was the first time i felt like oh when i'm playing that's now you go into the control room and you go oh shit that's what it sounds like that's what it yeah you know sometimes you go to the control room and you go oh yeah that, that, no weird you know? mm. so rick was very helpful with that um and i think we just were writing better songs and we were very cohesive as a band we were all on the same page and wanting to do new stuff and then the time of music at that time the MTV, the hair metal and all that shit was going away and alternative music and grunge mm-hmm. and Nirvana. And, and, and I think people were ready for something, a uh, shift. Something fresh. Yeah. Something fresh and all those things kind of, and that's why I think that that record, um, you know, was, was pivotal for us, but also those other things, like I say, we were together and yeah, I think, I think, I don't know if they knew it at that time or not, but that the band needed this really solid, powerful 
dynamic thing under their kind of crazy yeah whatever exactly you need the roots yeah. me and me and Cass you know will say you know we do you know Mark and Cass do that thing so that Ace can do what the hell he wants <laughs> you know and I yeah. can do what the hell I want because it's yeah. my victory I can yeah. make it up as I go along sometimes it'd yeah. be crazy because I have the rhythm tech the rhythm section you know that's solid you know then you could paint on top of it you know yeah. and that's a beautiful thing so we kind of just kept doing it <laughs> <laughs> exactly thank god you did um yeah. i got a couple more questions i mean sure. just the way that you know that the world is now you know i think one of the saddest things musically speaking and obviously in in, in lots of other areas as well is that i feel like the world is set up for people to be very unforgiving for mistakes. I was going to ask you about one of your biggest or what you felt was like one of your biggest mistakes and, and how you kind of got over that and what was the positive side of that. We're just in this world that's, that no one's allowed to make a mistake anymore. And like, especially yeah. in musical mistakes. I was wondering if there's anything you've done that you look back on, you go like, man, I don't know why I did that on that record or that <laughs> you felt made you grow exponentially because of it, you know? For the most part, I, I agree with that. I think um, in some ways, as time goes on, people, the brain tends to, uh, not focus so much on on uh, on negative stuff and 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 can find uh, uh, positive things about mistakes or yeah. things that happened that that were um, at the time you were like oh man that was that was that was really stupid or bad or I or I yeah or I yeah I really blew it um, you know. But that it takes longer. I think our culture now, everything is so quick, and they're into the next thing, and then blah 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 blah. Um, that people can forget quicker. But at the same time, with the culture that we have, and everything's filmed, and everyone takes a picture, and everything's social media, it's like they hammer you. you know? <laughs> yeah, like, power drill. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. There was this movie about this Woodstock festival not too long ago. Like, I saw it, yeah, the, the, the one that was in the, the 90s. Yeah. yeah, in the late 90s, we played, and and uh, obviously a bunch of other bands played, and, and uh, it was it was not a positive experience for a lot of people. Some people loved it. I knew people that were like, oh, that was the greatest thing I ever did, and, but it was 250,000 people. Yeah, you're yeah. going to get a lot of varying experience. But, you know, I think I didn't watch it, but that we were kind of portrayed as like the bad guys because there was fire happening and we played Jimi Hendrix's fire song at the end. <laughs> Why did we do that? Well, then you think that, that movie had a very, you know, I, I watched it and it was quite interesting, but it's kind of you, you the movie had a very like, well, this is what we're going to say and this is how we're going to prove it, right? Everyone, if you got your narrative, you know, you That's can that, yeah. yeah. It's easy to do that on a lot of things these days. You know, but um, yeah, I don't. But I don't. I don't have any regrets playing that concert. I just, it was fun for me. I saw people having a great time, and we played our show, and we left. And you know, the next day it was like, oh, and I saw on the news. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> cool. what happened after we left? <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know, this guy played, and 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 it was all fun. And, and then when the Chili Peppers came, it all hell broke loose. <laughs> To me, it would look like a tiny little gas, like a hamburger stand was like a grease fire. <laughs> it was like a mile away, you know. Yeah. We were, and Jimi Hendrix's 
sister came to us prior to the show and said, um, you know, I know you guys do some of my brother's music and, um, you know, there's going to be a big hologram of, of, of him playing Star Spangled Banner. You're the last band. It would be cool. What do you think if you, like as a segue, you played, yeah. you know, which, which they didn't talk about in the movie but you know yeah and and, and we were like the narrative yeah yeah and that was the plan and that's what we did and you know so but you know they handed out candles like that's pretty smart <laughs> anyway <laughs> um i don't I, you know though as far as musically like making records with the chili peppers we worked with rick for for from blood sugar so yeah. 91 until 2016, I think we did a record called "I'm with You," and then after that, we uh, our next record, we we were like, you know what? I think I think we'll try and, and work with somebody else and just change it up and see what that mm. does. And we work with Danger Mouse. Okay. Super cool. Brian is great, and um, but he has a different way of making records. He does more. It's his. His forte is more the hip hop style where you start with a groove and then you put something on yeah, top. Yeah, you layer it up. And you layer it up. And so we did that. And and it was a, obviously very different. Usually we're live on the floor just playing our songs and 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 get a good performance. And and that's the way we, we've made our records. And, and that's the way Rick Rubin likes to work as well. So um, with us. So we did that and, and um, I thought it was a great experience. Again, it comes down to the songs. I think, as you know, if you got good songs, I mean, that trumps everything. And and um, we felt good about them. But but it was it was different. And I'm glad that we did that because it made us appreciate the fact that okay, that's cool. We did it like that, and we layered it, and we, and we did it in the studio instead of having all the material pre-production and come in and just lay it down. And it was a different record for us, a different sound, and and again, different creative process. But I'm glad we did that because we made it appreciate the fact that, like, you know, what, we, what we're really good at, and I think that is kind of somewhat unique with our band, because a lot of bands, believe it or not, these days don't play live in the studio anymore. <laughs> it's like everyone just their yeah. files. And I do records like that, but, like, we're a band that has a sound. There's something to a performance that, that happens, an arc of a performance and mistakes and bleed and everything else that you're sitting in the room looking at the other guy that guy's looking at you you're playing you're you're in it you're you're in the moment and and that's um something that you don't take for granted when you can do it and do it well and, and yeah. humbly I would say that, that, that we've kind of figured that out a little bit not always but it's, yeah. it's an important part of that creative process for us so I wouldn't say that that record certainly was not not a mistake at all I love it but we learned from that that like hey that's cool but you know what this is actually this is this is the, you know something where you, you understand that if this is do what you're good at yeah we had that experience in the second record where we worked with a producer who made ace at one point had to play every chord separately and have it tuned and halfway through the recording process I was like you know what this doesn't even sound like us anymore it sounds like a guy who's editing you know and so i just blew up put a bomb in it and started some songs again you know like okay we're not doing it we're gonna we'll play at the same time and record because then we get the groove and it feels great 
So yeah, I think it's a it's a it's an interesting way to, to to think about it. I'm gonna ask you one more question. What's the first thing that you would say to a kid who picks up the drum kits and wanna play drums? What's that one first thing that you would say to that person? What's the start of playing drums? Hmm. I would say um, I would say do it because you love it. And it's and, and and that's one thing. Simple. Yeah. I mean because that then then many things come from that. But yeah. um, as a kid, it should be fun. Not yeah. like, oh, I have to learn this every time. Well, like I piano can. playing when my parents make you do it. <laughs> right, where you're like, and you end up like, oh, God. But drumming is, is you know, it's, it's, it, there's just so many great things about it. And, and yeah, I, I, I just do it because you love it. And hopefully that will carry you. And, and the universe will look after everything else. <laughs> That's what I say. Right. You know, I don't then, say that at all. But then know. the parents go, oh, "I have to get a drum set. It's really loud." And- <laughs> Why parents- drums? Why couldn't you yeah, play? Like- I played classical violin for like seven years. You know, you did um, yeah. My parents hated it. Like you know, well, for the first few the years, thing. it's like. Yeah. I remember like, the first time, because I ended up being really good at it, but the first three years, I remember my mum just looked at me one time with, like, with the deep, deep hate of, like, um, how long, how many more years I'm going to listen to this shit, you know? And I was like, uh, but then I did get good, and I ended up being part of the chamber part, which is, like, all the best musicians back to in the orchestra. You know, so. You're not good overnight. It's just, yeah, it's, exactly. Years, years. Years, yeah. Years. But listen, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. Um, but it's been just fun oh, and a pleasurable, pleasurable experience um, blowing my smoke trumpet up your bum. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, I just look, I love the, the new record is great, especially tip of my tongue. I was just like, I literally danced around the room the first time I heard that, that oh, track. I was just like, oh, this is great. Fun. You know, it's so thank fun. You. Oh, so okay. um good luck for all the shows i'm gonna uh if you if you come to new york i'm gonna be there i'm gonna sneak okay. in i don't know yeah we don't have any plans right now we kind of did all the u.s and europe ne- and but in the summer next yeah, summer next summer yeah next summer, summer. Cool. Cool. all right uh, and, well, and enjoy the rest of your day thank you young 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 miss and, and <laughs> please give my best you know to mark who i who i don't keep up with enough and i gotta reach out to him I love that guy. He's such a great soul and just amazing. He really is. He's I like the root. He's the root and foundation. Of, he went from being this this kind of liability, smashing your rooms all the time. Yeah, I remember those being, days. Yeah, exactly. Probably days. with you. Probably with you. Oh uh, yeah, we have, we had some, <laughs> some nights. You had some nights, yeah. Mm. And uh, to being this kind of like guy in the band is just like solid as a rock. So yeah. thank Long you for that. Passion motorcycles. Tell him to take it easy on the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. I sold him mine actually. Crazy. <laughs> I now. sold him mine. I when I when we had the baby, I sold my motorbike. And I said, "Mark, do you yeah. want to buy this?" He's like, "Yes." Yeah, so he has, right, I'm, Yeah, I'm, I'm, he's good at it. Yo. He's good at it. No, All right, no. enjoy the rest of your day, and um, yeah, thank you so much for giving me some of your more than more than enough of your time. I, I went I went overboard. Um, I stole anytime. some time. Anytime. But, all right, thank you, and say hello to the guys for me and uh, especially Anthony I used to bump into him all the time when I was in Malibu okay yeah yeah so much said hi all right bye bye thank you (laughs) 